everybody's gonna pay. Cause the million dollar man always gets his way. <laughs> All right, we are back on Muda Scale, and uh, we are trying something new. So uh, I have my boy uh, Ben Aguirre Jr., also known as Cardboard Icons, and he can get into that a little bit sooner or later. Um, but this is kind of the thing where I was kind of thinking, like, you know, instead of just uh, me and Better Have My Donuts rambling on and on and on about, you know, wrestling and stuff on my cats in the background that I'm going to kill. Uh, this isn't a professional podcast, folks. I don't get paid for this. But, I, you know, the whole thing is like yeah, – and the whole thing is uh, – the whole thing is like, you know, I, I wanted, you know, the, the reason why I started this was because, you know, it's like I wanted to make it fun, you know, like I wanted to like to kind of talk about the history of, of wrestling and what made people like wrestling. So, uh, Mr. Uh, Cardboard Icons, um, how do you feel being the first entrant into into this segment, which I'm probably going to call, um, I think I'm going to call it the million dollar question because I think I'm going to have some uh, yes. m- million dollar man uh, entrance music. So I know me and you, <laughs> me, me and you are going to... Uh, going to disagree on a lot of things because you are i I mean i'm a smark in the highest form and you're definitely you're definitely a mark so uh we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have some problems there so uh i have my boy uh uh uh, ben aguirre jr uh better known as cardboard icons he'll talk about himself uh, later on but let's go and get into the million dollar questions you ready yes sir all right so uh first one is a favorite wrestler of all time it doesn't have to be all time just like your favorite wrestler right yeah well here's where we're automatically going to differ right away Right off the bat, because like my wrestling knowledge base is all based on WWF or WWE, whatever the hell you want to call it these days. Uh, I know you're more WCW stuff, and well, N- NWA, yeah. NWA, NWA. Okay, fine. <laughs> you, you, you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, right? I do. It was all about the New York promotion. You know, that's kind of what I grew up with. So, you know, my answer to this, I answered a lot of my stuff is based with that background. So, I mean. Character wrestler guy, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, Stone Cold. Yeah, Stone Cold. I mean, you know, he, he got big, you know, mid '90s, and I was, I was a teenager, and I wasn't like rebellious, like whatever. But his character was just so badass at the time, and it just hit at the right time for me. Even for wrestling in general, um, it was just so different, so raw. You know, when he came in, I, when he came in as a ringmaster, it was a total joke. I mean, granted, he was. With, my second favorite wrestler, DiBiase. But well, let, let's not get into that right now. So okay, all right, all right. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's it's funny, you know. Like uh, Austin, um, I mean, I give Austin a lot of credit. Uh, am I a fan of Austin during his heyday? No, I wasn't. But I will say this: I didn't like his character because I thought his character was really kind of for. Uh, the the stupid people, you know, stupid, you know, the wrestling marks, right? I mean, and I I mean that in the nicest way possible. I, but the whole thing I, is, I because I, I, mean, I, I was, I mean, when when you compare uh, Austin and, and the Rock, uh, I was a huge Rock fan, and uh, you know, yeah. and and I felt that you know the Rock was really kind of uh, carrying the show and and all that stuff, and I mean. The the real the real show I guess you know like the the real showmanship like Austin his, his character worked and it worked really well the one thing that I'll give Austin though is that um I was you're right I was a big WCW guy and I watched WCW a lot um, and I always kind of went back to WWE and it's like well you know like WWE like they have some young guys but I mean still it's like you know WCW has all the stars it has uh, you know Scott Hall Kevin Nash you know two of my favorite wrestlers at that time uh, but I saw I think I saw it might have been it was. It was definitely, I think it was Stone Cold versus The Rock on Raw. And it was before their main event status. But uh, 
the match that Austin put on, I mean, the, just the just the sheer like, um, how do I say this? Like just the uh, the sheer rawness and, and brutality, and, and just like the the energy level of that match. I'm, and I remember sitting there watching that match, going like, okay, this is something different. Like I have not seen a match like this in a long time since like 1987, 1988 of WCW when these guys were going all out. They they definitely his wrestling style was was high impact, high energy. Uh, and at the same time, he, he was he was a great mechanic, and and uh, I will give Austin all the credit in the world. Uh, I think I you know it, it surprised me. I thought you were going to go with someone else, but um, anything else you want to kind of say about Austin? Like what 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 did it for you with what did it for you for Austin? Like what was it about him? For Austin or before? No, what 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 was it? I mean, what is it about Austin that that, that you just said that he's your favorite wrestler of all time? I think the character just resonated with me right away. I mean, he actually brought up the Rock, right and. You know, there were basically two camps. You're either Rock or Austin, you know, or, or something else, which really didn't matter. It was one of the two, right? Or, and, or, or the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, for a long time, he, he was kind of my guy, too. But yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's Austin. But, you know, it's funny because I look at it now, and I don't think I totally appreciated what The Rock did at the time. I, I think The Rock... Um, I mean, clearly he's become a huge star worldwide, you know, even outside of wrestling, obviously. But I look back and I definitely didn't appreciate what he did for the business or even just entertainment value at the time. I, mean, I laughed, you know, but it was either you were Austin or you were Rock. And Austin was my guy. His character just resonated with me right away. I um, I couldn't stand Vince McMahon when he was a face, when he was just a total asshole. You know, you're just, and when no one really knew who he was, he was just, oh, this, oh, please. Yeah. Hey, stop, you know, he, we can't do this anymore. He's just the announcer guy. And then he, you know, comes out in a black denim jacket on Raw, and then all of a sudden, oh, character changes, you know. So when he, when Austin started attacking McMahon, or even before that, but when he, oh, I couldn't stand Bret Hart either. Yeah, so Hart, I just couldn't stand that character. He, he was terrible. I, I, I enjoyed him when uh, he was teaming with... Uh, you know, Jim Neidhart, they were cool as a tag team, and they were fine, but when he went off and did his singles thing, he was okay as an intercontinental guy, but when he came, became the face of the of the WWF, I couldn't stand him. You know, come out and put those uh, sunglasses on some kid, and they're like, Brett, yay! <laughs> and I couldn't stand that guy. And, and then, so, yeah, and then, and then you know, Austin kind of <laughs> says, like, pink and black tights, what the hell is that crap, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think my favorite Austin line is, when you put the letter S in front of Hitman, yeah. that's what I think of him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so I, I think we I think we kind of got the the gist of, of what you're saying. So uh, the next question I have for you, the next million dollar question is: Okay, so yeah. you you named your favorite wrestler, but who's your real favorite wrestler? And what I mean by that is like, I think people kind of know who my favorite wrestler is, uh, but there was a teammate of him who I actually like a lot better. So I, I mean, I'll say it right now: like my favorite wrestler is Ric Flair. But my fa- but my real favorite wrestler is is and it depends on the day, but it's between Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and and Macho Man, right? So you know Austin is yeah. like Austin is like your favorite wrestler because he has to be because you know you have to have a favorite wrestler. It has to be like kind of a guy that you know that is like kind of like the end all say all for you. But who's like kind of like your real favorite wrestler? Yeah, so I think my real favorite wrestler. Um, kind of a shocker even to myself i guess is it's, it's gotta be Shawn michaels um so 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 the guy that posts all this stuff on instagram on twitter about uh about the million dollar man yep. you're, you're gonna you're gonna go Shawn michaels why why Shawn michaels i mean which which is a, which is a great pull but i mean here you i mean you have like 
probably arguably like the one of the you know two of the top five wrestlers of all time. Uh, what what was it about Shawn Michaels? Well, first off, about DiBiase, I I, I really enjoy his character, uh, or enjoyed his character, I should say. But I guess when you say real wrestler, it kind of takes a different tone with me. So I kind of really have to dig deep and think. Whose matches do I really, really enjoy? And I think when it comes down to it, it's Michael's. Um, and I just really enjoy the way he works the ring, or at least worked the ring um, back in the day. I, a lot of these newer guys, I'm still, I'm still trying to develop a uh, opinion on them. Sometimes I like them, sometimes I don't. But I think for the generation that I grew up in, and you know the eras that I watched or have been watching, Michael's is the guy. Um, you know, whether he's a heel or a face, he just puts on a really good match. I think he sells everything fantastic. Yeah, no, I mean, great performer. I think with, with Michael's <clears throat> kind of his backstage stuff really kind of uh, kind of affects his legacy a little bit. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this right now, and I haven't told anybody, anybody about this, but right, right, and this is, you know, right around the time that you turn, at least for like me growing up, around 18, 19, um, I was so uh, emotionally detached because, I mean, the whole thing is like, I had to survive, like, going to school. I mean, there's a ton of gangs, so, like, I, I really didn't get in touch with my emotions. It wasn't until, like, I got out of high school that I allowed myself to, like, kind of get in touch with my emotions. And, and I'm going to tell you this right now. Like, when Shawn Michaels, like, it wasn't even that. Like, he, you know, they, they were, Shawn Michaels dropped the Intercontinental belt because he didn't want to do a job for someone. But I didn't know it at that time. But he dropped the belt, and they kind of showed, like, this kind of recap of, of, like, his career up to that point. This is when he was, like, supposedly going to retire or whatever it was. And for some reason, like, you know, the the, the report that he had in the, he had with the fans, like, he, he was, like, one of the few guys, like, he put his back to the fans, and he jumped into the, in, you know, jumped on the guardrail, and everybody was, like, hugging him and stuff. And all these old-school wrestlers were like, dude, I'm like, if you do that, you're going to get stabbed in the back. But he was one of those guys that was able to do it. And and I'll tell you this right now, like like I got I kind of got choked up when he uh, when he kind of retired. I'm not, it's not something I'm proud to admit, but um, you know, Michaels uh, Michaels his first his first run when he was kind of the first uh, baby face after he beat um, Brett Michaels Brett Michaels. I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> the, the the singer, right? Uh, no, but when he beat uh, Brett Hart for the title in the Iron Man match, I thought he had a, I thought he had an effective year run. I mean, he, he had he had. You know, he had good rivalries. He made other people look better. He was just a jerk backstage. Yeah, see, in the backstage stuff, I, I, I didn't really get into a lot of it. And I still I still don't know a lot of the drama. A lot of it's still new to me. So, you know, I'll hear about something. Like, Ooh, I'll go Google it and find out. Like, wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. And I don't get into it that much, right? So I'm all about the, you know, what actually happened in front of the cameras? You know, what, what does everyone else know about? You know, and that's kind of where it comes from. And it, so... When I was, um, yeah, so when I was 11 or 12, you know, this would have been like 91, 92. This is when he, when uh, Michaels and Jannetty were, they're right at the end of their time together. You could tell they're about to split. And then, you know, Michael super kicks Jannetty to the glass. And that's like, a, oh, crap. Like, what the hell just happened? You know, like, and by today's standard, that's, that's nothing, right? That, that's like 8.05, you know, on Monday Night Raw or something. Yeah. You know, this happened on, like, Superstars on, like, a Saturday morning, I think it was. And it's like, what the hell just happened? I mean, he and Jannetty were, you know, they're, they're a really good tag team together. Yeah. Just like, um, I mean, you know, Bret Hart. It was the same time that Hart and Neidhart were together and this and that. So, you know, he, he splintered off and did his own thing. And just watching him evolve into a singles guy, and then when he became a legitimate intercontinental guy, um, you know, he and Bret Hart basically, you know, they... They became singles guys and kind of carried that next generation through. 
Uh, I, I just really appreciated his style. Um, I didn't really care much for Bret Hart. I, yeah, he, he we, we, a, we've established that. <laughs> he was the great tactician. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't care. Yeah, no, it, it, it was good. It was good to see him, you know, like he had the teardrop suplex, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels, and, you know, he, he kind of had the female valet with a sensational sherry. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he ran the gamut of everything, and then he became what he was. Yeah, and w- when he made that leap, um, and we'll, we're going to get into this later, but, you know, right at the end of his, at the end of his Intercontinental run, and then he made that jump to the next step and became, you know, one of the head guys and started challenging for the title. Um, you know, when they started putting on that program – and Hart, and then they went into the um, Iron Man match, you know, hour long, and this and that. Oh my god, it ended in a tie, you have to go to overtime. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is just complete nonsense, right? Yeah. I mean, well, you, you think about look at it now, it's like, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense, but I'm like, really? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, no, I, I remember the setup for that. I remember that. I was kind of like, ah, come on. I mean, it's like, you had a good match, you don't need to do that. Um, so let's go yeah. ahead and go, and, and I don't know if this is a little bit of foreshadowing, but what is the what is your favorite match that you've ever seen? Okay. Um, I, I thought about this a little bit today, and the first thing, anytime anyone asks me this question, I have the same answer, but I had to kind of go back and rewatch it again just to make sure that I, I still feel the same way. And it's WrestleMania 10, Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Uh, the, the, the the ladder match, yeah. The, the ladder match. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it, it's kind of funny because, you know, there are so many good matches, especially recently. I, I've kind of gotten back into wrestling within the last eighteen months or so, and I'm totally kind of I, I'm I'm letting the angles just kind of take me where they will. I'm trying not to overthink it and be a hater. I got a lot of people who follow wrestling like, oh my god, wrestling's so bad right now, you know, and this and that. Like, which well, is which is totally which is totally wrong, by the way. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, then don't watch it, you know. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. It's there. If you want to watch it, watch it. If you don't, you don't. You know. So I'm let I'll let it take me where it's going to take me. Right. So. You know, we watch a lot of the women's matches lately. I think there was a who was a couple of years uh, Sasha, yeah, Charlotte, yeah. Went, uh, so, so, but you're you're, you're the belt off of Charlotte, yeah, and I watched. Yeah. I was like, damn, like, well, yeah, great match. But we're, we're talking about we're, we got to get back to the ladder match. So, I mean, right. let's let's, let's not let's not extol ben, Ben's idea of what wrestling is today. Let's talk about the flipping match that you just said. <laughs> so, what what is it? Right. So, what was so, it? So, Go ahead. What what was it about that I match? Then? Watch this thing. Was that? No, go ahead. You're, so you're, you're doing good. Build, okay. So the build to that, you know, we, we had basically two two titles. We, we had a legitimate title, and then we had the fake title, right? Which um, basically later on we find out that Michaels doesn't want to drop the title. They vacate it, blah, blah, blah. Then essentially he claims to be the real champ. Razor wins the uh, battle royal. I think it was Rick Martelli beat. Um, yeah. So Razor's the new IC champ, and then it, they – they gotta they gotta find it out to see who the real undisputed champion is, right? So then we get this ladder match, which I don't think there was a ladder match before this. This is the very first one, I think. This was the first one that was like televised. Like they they had, I mean, there yeah. there was ladder matches before. Like Brett, you know, your favorite person, Bret Hart, says that he's do ladder matches all the time. Um, but this was like the first main kind of main pay per view uh, ladder match that you've seen. Yeah. And still, arguably, yeah, prob- so, it's still probably yeah, arguably yeah, the one okay. that it's probably arguably the one that it's you know. It's kind of like when you have a singles match, not not so much the TLC matches, but this match here is kind of what you base everything else off on, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, everything goes back to this one match. How did it match up against this match? And I think the build to it, the two characters involved, I really bought off on Razor when he came in and he was doing the, cutting the promos before he even wrestled. 
you know, he comes off of the streets of Miami with his gold chains and shit like that. And I, I totally bought into it because it was awesome. Right? It was just so different. And it, so the thought of he and Michaels going one head to head at WrestleMania in a ladder match, which I had not seen before. Like, okay, this is really intriguing. So you actually get into the match. In watching it again, it just reaffirms the idea that Michaels is a fantastic wrestler performer. Um, if, you, if you haven't had a chance, go watch this thing or watch it again and watch it again. Every punch at Razor throws or Scott or whatever, Michaels just sells it out of everything. Everything. Head snaps back, hair goes everywhere, spit goes flying. You can hear the smack. It, it, it's it's legit. It, it's really good. Um, the actual use of the ladder, I mean, it's kind of funny. Lawler brings up a point. Oh my God, the ladder must be like eighty or hundred pounds. You know, it's like some, <laughs> it must be like it's like a twenty pound ladder. It's, it's like aluminum. Yeah, but he's totally selling out. <laughs> it's a ten foot ladder standard. Go to Home Depot. You know, there's a red ladder. We'll take that one for the match. You know, it's it's not like now where we have these twenty foot aluminum ladders and there's fifty <laughs> up around the ring. You know, it's, yeah. it's one ladder. It's at Madison Square Garden. It's a really short entrance. It's right there. Um, but that whole match, they go back and forth, back and forth. Um, and pretty much knew Razor was going to win that match, but Michael sold everything so well in that match. It was just incredible. All the spots off the off the um, off the ladder, uh, the the frog splash mm-hmm. off the ladder. You know, well, it was like the it was the it was like the big splash off off the off the ladder. Solid, yeah. When he rode the ladder down and landed on Razor, that was pretty. Yeah, it's funny because if you look at it now, it's I, it, it's all about the angles they shot that in because they they sh- if they shot it from the normal TV shot from you know center ring from the stands, it's not that big of a deal. It's really only two rungs above the, the top set, but they showed the impact from the mat. The the, um, the cameraman was on the mat, so you see him just come flying down and lands on him, and they both sell out like they're fucking pain. Yeah, and, uh, it, it's just so good. It, everything goes back to that. And I was talking to my cousin about it today. And he's like, yeah, that was a good match, but the one I, that really sold the show for me was, you know, Brett and Owen at the WrestleMania, which is a really good match. Good well. match, but o- overrated. I mean, I mean, it's a good match, but uh, see, yeah, I, we're, I th- that one really. Yeah, we're we're, we're we're in the same camp where where we kind of feel the same way about Bret Hart. He, he put on good matches, but uh, I, I feel that anything that Bret, Bret Hart does, it automatically like people go like, oh, it's the best match ever. I'm like, no, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's after looking at Bret Hart's body of work, I'm like, okay, the guy's good, but this the Owen and Bret Hart match, it was good. And, and I remember watch, I actually watched WrestleMania 10, bought it the day of, and uh, I remember this ladder match, and I, and I remember kind of going away from that ladder match, going like. Well, this is a really good WrestleMania. Like I thought it was going to be pretty weak because I don't like any of these wrestlers. I said, but I saw two, two or three really good matches. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think that you know that that ladder match uh, set the bar. Um, you know, Shawn Michaels' iconic kind of jump off the off the rung onto Razor Ramon. One of the best spots I've ever seen in my life. So yeah, that's a that's that's good. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought you were going to say you know something else, and I was going to slam you around, but the whole thing is like you're actually coming through pretty good. Uh, let's go on again to the next one. Uh, and this one's the wrestler you hate, not named John Cena. And what I mean by this is like he he could be he could be like totally over. Like my my guy was like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, right? Like everybody 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 loved Duggan. I hated the guy. Um, so so who who kind of fits in that echelon or that that kind of uh, category for you? It's kind of funny because you know after about fifteen minutes of us talking here, you think I'm going to say Bret Hart, yeah. <laughs> but it's not Bret Hart. Yeah, it's actually flipping Kane. Kane. I cannot, st- I cannot right. stand Kane. Yeah. Um, when he came in initially as uh, 
Dr. Isaac Yankum. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And, and, and he was the he was the fake Diesel too. I know we're getting yeah, there. Okay, <laughs> we're getting there. But he comes in. He's this dentist with terrible teeth, of course. You know because that's the the oxymoron, right? But this, he could not wrestle. He was horrible. I couldn't stand him. He came in at about the same time. I think uh, Nails was in. Yeah, Nails. Good old Nails. <laughs> Anyone who was like seven feet tall was automatically a pro wrestler. Right? It was terrible. <laughs> I couldn't stand him then. Then he became the fake Diesel. Uh, which is brutal. That was a terrible angle. It, it, it's it's hilarious, but it was a horrible angle. Um, then he became the the brother of you know the Undertaker, right? Which which is kind of cool initially. It was like, what? Where are they going with this? And then in hindsight, it's like, what the hell? You know, like, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, we love him. No, we don't love him. Yeah, we love him. Then we don't love him. And then he takes his mask off, and then he becomes corporate Kane and regular Kane. Yeah, his stupid body. Go away. Like, just, just stop. <laughs> And even now, he's still hanging out, and he, he pops up every now and then wearing a damn mask. It, it, it's kind of like the big show. He just kind of shows up, you know, when they need someone to fill some time or a face that people in the crowd will know, but really backstage, no one really cares what the reaction is. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he, he had maybe two good runs. I think he had a good run, uh, I think, right kind of, bef- you know, during the DX era. I remember I kind of liked him back then. He was fine. And then he had a good run with Daniel Bryan, but definitely not a guy that he can go by himself. It's been proven uh, plenty of times. So let's just let's just go on from there. So uh, this is uh, this is my other, my, our last and final question where you got to get to kind of plug yourself. And this is what I call, uh, that's what I do question. And just give me a second because check, check out this production. Ready? So this yep. question is called, that's what I do. There we go. So I don't I don't know if you're let's do it one more time. Let's see. All right. So um, so this is kind of your 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 point. Um, you know where you kind of can plug your stuff or just kind of uh, what what your other interests are and uh, why have I decided uh to um interview you because you do have more Twitter followers than I do. Uh, I know you're gonna put this on your blog uh, and and I'm gonna get a ton of hits and this is kind of like my my underlying things like I, we're, we're losing we're losing our listeners. Uh, because podcasting is is kind of oversaturated, so I'm going to start going to all my friends that have way more followers than I do, so they can so they can plug my stuff. That's what I do. That's what I do. Hold on, wait, wait let, let, let me grab one more time. Let's see, let's see, let's see if I can let's see if I can do it. Okay, there we go. All right, so go ahead and t- tell us a little about yourself. What do you do outside of the uh, outside of the wrestling ring, uh, so to speak? <laughs> right on. Well, so I'm a baseball card blogger. Uh, I've been around since 2008. Well, blogging since 2008. I guess we're coming up on my eight year. Actually, I just had my eight year anniversary. I've uh, been collecting uh, baseball cards since 1987. Um, I've written columns for Beckett Baseball. Um, I'm on Twitter at Carboda. So you're on. So so you're kind of you're kind of a little bit. So this is the other thing too is that we've been de- we've been dealing with you cutting out here and there. So you're you're on you're on Twitter at uh, Cardboard Icons. Uh, you're also on on the blog uh, CardboardIcons.com, right? That's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is get this is going going pretty bad. Um, no, but so uh, so you, you know you're on Carbot Icons. You, you write about baseball and and and, and while, while we're doing all this, I don't know what the heck you're doing back there. I don't know if you're like shimming something around back there. But who got you started in this? Who like like my boy Ric Flair says, what caused all this? Actually, it was bad news, Roman. Um, once it was 2005, 2006, you and I got together on some uh, fantasy baseball stuff. I think we were going to do big things, and we had some <laughs> ideas. Uh, we had, we, I think we had some really good ideas. We just didn't have a lot of time, and I think the execution uh, 
Yeah. Execution could have been much better. Uh, it weren't the excellence of execution. Yeah, the, 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 the execution was just as bad as good as you, you recording this thing right now. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> That's what I do. That's what I do. Wait, wait, no, no, go ahead. Keep on going. <laughs> um, no, but so what, what I do want to say is so, you know, uh, this guy, and I'm telling you right now, like, um, you know, if he ever writes a will and if I ever outlast this guy, at least give me, like, your Napalajaway, right? You can give me your Napalajaway card, right? I mean, this guy, like, he, he has a wall of, of, like, my favorite era of baseball, like, you know, between the 1900s and the 1920s. It was just, like, these old beat-up cards. But, you know, the, all the big ones, right? Like, Onus, you don't have an, uh, uh, a Wagner, but you have, like... I do have a Wagner. You do, but it's not. It's not like a. It's not like it's like a re a reboot, right? Oh no no no, sir! No. Oh okay, so you it's do have a Wagner. Wagner. Okay, it's, it's a Wagner from the same era. All right. Same years. So and so that's what I'm saying is like you're, you're not you're not some punk. I mean like you have you have a collection that like uh, you know when I come in, when I come to your place I I look at your bat and go like okay I can hit him in the back of the head uh, I could probably take him out for a couple of days and then I could sell you know and I can say like dude. Some guy, some guy busted you in the back of the head, stole all your cards. I tried to stop him, dude, and then I have my own cash. Um, but the one story I do want to bring up is, and this this involves um, better have my donuts. But um, uh, better have my donuts. Dad had a card collection, and I remember I'm going like, dude, I'm like, this guy has like the real deal, and you're like, yeah, I've heard that before. And tell tell me what what happened when you walked into that house. Yeah, so. Uh, you know, everyone's got this story about, oh, yeah, my dad's got the Mickey Mantle rookie card, right? And what they're really referring to is the 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle, which is, like, the second most iconic card in our hobby, in collecting baseball cards. And, and the first one being Onus Wagner, right? Uh, yes, the T206 Onus Wagner, which I do not own. Yeah. But, yes, that is number one, and the Mantle is number two. So... You know, everyone's got the story about this and that, and uh, they have my donuts. So, oh, yeah, my dad's got one. I'm like, yeah, full, bullshit. Yeah, sure he does. <laughs> so, uh, sure enough, I show up, uh, get there, and walk through the kitchen to the, living room, to the uh, kitchen, and there it is. I can see it. Plain as day. I'm like, oh. And, and it was, okay. was, was, was it was a lie. And, yeah. and there, were, there was lots of supporting evidence, obviously, suggesting it was real. So, even from a distance, I just stopped. But, oh. So, oh, I'm not wasting my time here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're not. And uh, he also he also pulled out a satchel page, and then he had uh, my iconic card, which was I think it was a, uh, and I'm getting the year wrong, but it was like it was a 1962 Clemente, or what was the second year of uh, Clemente's career? 60, uh, 56. 56. Okay, so it was a 1956 Clemente. Um, it was the second year, but that was like my like albatross, and uh, I got I got it that day. And uh, it, it was really cool to kind of share that experience uh, with you, like getting the card that I wanted for like the past like 20 years. Um, and, uh, I, you know, that, I think that's what's cool about baseball cards, right? It's like it puts you in a time and place. And uh, what, what, you know, watching that, you know, and, and kind of what's like what's like your best kind of like collecting story that you can kind of tell me in the next like two, three minutes? Actually, you know, that, that day was actually really cool because uh, but I had my donuts to dad. was really cool. I, I think it. They were a little afraid I was going to try to get over on them, and I don't, that's not my style. Um, but so, but I have my donuts. His dad is he, he had this uh, 1956 Sandy Koufax card. Nice. He, he had he had two of them. He had, he had a regular one, and then he had another one that he cut the borders off of and erased Koufax's name and put Danny McDevitt. <laughs> I said, "What the hell is this?" And he tells me the story about he and his brother and how. They needed a Danny McDevitt card for whatever they were doing, you know, 1958 at the time. It was two years after the card actually got released. And, and, and Koufax sucked back then, right? 
Yeah, well, yeah. yeah Kovacs Kovac wasn't Sandy Kovacs for another four or five years, right? <laughs> and he goes absolutely nuts for half a decade. But, yeah, so they, they go cut the borders off and erase uh, Kovacs' name and write McDevitt in because he's a left-handed Dodger. And uh, I said, what is this? And he tells me the story. I said, oh, man, that's really cool. Um, so he starts talking about how he's going to pay me. and like, those new. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You don't have to pay me anything, you know, friend of a friend kind of thing. I just, I'm just happy to be here and see your, your, your collection. So he goes, well, if you could pick one card, what would it be? I'm like, well, honestly, I'd pick your uh, Danny McDevitt, uh, Sandy Kofax card right there. The one that's cut up and worth nothing because yeah. of the condition it's in. And he let me have it. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, it, obviously, it's not worth anything, as I said. But I think that it, that card will always remind me of that day that we were there. Just like the Clemente was, because I, I watched that transaction with you and the, you and the dad. And um, that was special for me to see, too. I obviously, I didn't, I wasn't around you know, when you were watching that card when you were a kid and, you know, idolizing it and this and that. But seeing that, you know, play out the way it did and then um, getting the uh, McDevitt Kovacs card for myself, I think it was really cool. Yeah, and I got that card for a steal. I mean, I got that for yeah, a steal, uh, you, dude. Yeah. yeah. The condition on it was great. You, you probably got it for about half at least or less than half of what it would have went for on eBay. Yeah, yeah. And he was really cool about it too because he was, you know, looking, he was getting a photo- into photography. So he was trying to fund some, another project he was getting into. Yeah. Um, he, he understood how much that meant to you, and he wasn't going to give it away. No, but, you know, you also gave him, it was a fair deal. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a very good deal, and, and uh, it wasn't a question of me getting it over, but um, it was it was it was something else. I mean, I remember, I, I you know, and this is probably kind of what I, I think that you feel when you get a card that you really want. Uh, I was like, uh, I, I couldn't see. The only thing I could see was like the card. Everything else around me was fuzzy, and I was like, just totally like, I was like overheated, right? I was just like super hot. Uh, I was like, but I couldn't sweat because I was so close to getting what I wanted to get. And then when he said, you know, he gave me the price and, and he, I, he's like, he's like, I'll sell it to you for this. And I'm starting going like, dude, I'm like, I would have paid double that. And I remember when I got that in my hand, like just like a sense of relief that I got. And I, I was in a daze and, and even talking about right now, I'm still in a daze. I mean, you, you kind of had those same type of things. What, what card, uh, what type of, have you had that experience before and what card was it? Yeah, there, there've been a few of them actually. Um, I kind of told the story the other day about this uh, this Mike Schmidt autograph card. Um, so in 2000, uh, Fleer put out this. And my, Mike Schmidt's one. Mike Schmidt's one of my dad's. Mike Schmidt's one of my dad's favorite players. So go ahead. So in 2000, uh, the Fleer company put out this set. It was uh, one of the best looking autograph sets. So every card in this set is uh, autographed. I want to say there's 92 different cards. I want to say 60 of them are Hall of Famers. Um, the Mike Schmidt card in that set was short printed uh, to like 300 copies, 350. Um, when that set came out in 2000, Schmidt was really hot. And we were looking at like 10 years after his Hall of Fame inductions. So, or not after his retirement. So, yeah, because he retired in 90. He went to Hall of Fame in what, 95? Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, so he's, he's still hot among the, the Hall of Fame collectors. And uh, that Schmidt card, that Schmidt card was just way short printed, impossible to find. So, I'm putting the set together, and I get one card left. It's the Mike Schmidt, and you know I'm searching eBay, this and that, and sure enough, it pops up, and the guy wants a pretty penny for it. And we made it work. I, I paid him almost what he wanted for it. Um, but when that card actually showed up, there was, it was that same thing you were talking about, that, that sense of euphoria, like, damn. Like, <laughs> it's happened. You know, like, the card I've been looking at, you know, I've seen pictures of it, and I... In your case, you've seen it in person, but yeah. for me, I'm looking at this picture online or looking at old pictures of it. And it's and finally there. In my hand, and there it is. Yeah. 
sets done. Um, just that that sense of like, I got what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. And the. I mean, Schmidt, Schmidt's the man, dude. And the other thing, too, is I actually knew a guy that had that 56 uh, Clementi card in, like, really good, like, really good, great condition. He had the 55, too. So, and I've yeah. seen that in person. And, and for me to actually get that one. Uh, one thing I do want to say is that anybody that uh, kind of wants to jump into the foray of um, card collecting, like, w- whenever I want to get a baseball card or something like that for some, you know, for one of my family members, uh, I call I call all my boy uh, Cardboard Icons, and he gives it to me straight. Or he gives me even a, an even better card. So uh, check out his site, uh, CardboardIcons.com. It's, it's his baseball blog. Uh, he has a kind of a, a place for you to kind of uh, send him some feedback. You can ask him some questions. And uh, you never know. You might. Uh, how many followers you got on Twitter now? Uh, about 50 away from 4,000. Yeah, so I mean, right, right there, it's like you know, you know, you're going, you're going to get some pub. You're, you're going to build your brand with this guy. That's what I'm trying to do with him as well. Uh, listen, Ben, um, I don't have to say this, but I mean, the people, the people that uh, that don't know us, uh, Ben's one of my, Ben's one of my best friends. Um, uh, we both uh, kind of went to SJSU. We we miss each other on the way, but um, he was an executive editor. Um, I was the executive editor probably about two years before he was. He always looked up to me. Um, he had an internship up in Oregon, and we used to just watch baseball on our days off. We'd buy some beer, watch some baseball. Uh, really good times, dude. I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out. Uh, you can follow him on cardboardicons.com or go to cardboardicons on Twitter and uh, just hit him up. And uh, you know, and I'm being serious. Like uh, one of the most down people you know. Uh, he care he cares about what he does in terms of uh, baseball cards. And if you have a legit question, he'll give you a legit answer. Anything else you want to part off with? Say how great I am, right? Oh man, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm not the biggest wrestling guy, I, you know. As far as you um, that I have my donuts, you guys know way more than I've forgotten. So, <laughs> or, I think I said that wrong. Look at that. See, that's what I do. <laughs> I was trying to pull that up, but now I'm having problems over here. I'm having a, I'm having some some production problems. It's like delete, delete. Yeah, dude, I want to delete it. I want to delete it, but. You know what? Uh, let, let's just end off with that. Um, you know, because even if my production isn't right, uh, you know, I really appreciate it. And see, it just doesn't even work. It just it just went all down. I was I was trying to I was trying to. Uh... Oh, here we go. There we go. See, I was trying to do this, right? All right. Uh, so we'll check you guys out. Uh, this is our first installment of kind of uh, talking to my good friends. And uh, you better put this on on your website because I, I need some pub, baby. So uh, this is Bad News Ramen out with my boy Cardboard Icons. Do you have anything to say to the family? And to the friends? No. All right. Hey, man, a few words, folks. Uh, Thanks a lot, and we'll check you out next week. (laughs) Everybody's got a price. Everybody's going to pay. Because the million-dollar man...